Yes, a very good afternoon, evening, everyone. We're 24 hours away from the start of the AFL final series for 2022. And, of course, tomorrow you'll hear it right here on SEN, right through the network. It is Brisbane against Richmond. The drive program tomorrow actually will be early because we're taking the footy and the preview. So I'll be on from 2 to 3 tomorrow to bring you the latest just before the run home with Hayes and Mardo. And because of that, I've brought him in on a Wednesday because of the AFL action starting on a Thursday night, the first of four finals across the weekend, culminating with the Fremantle Dockers Western Bulldogs match that will be here at Optus Stadium on Saturday night. Uh, my AFL expert, Kim Hagdorn, a very Hello. good afternoon to you. Hello, Peter. How are you? And uh, do you start to get a bit excited? Yourself? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, actually. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think it's going to be... And when you look at all the eight games, or four games mm. in the eight teams, mm. they've all got a claim on possibly winning it. I think Melbourne still, and Sydney is an interesting com- one. You're still I'm subscribed not, to that with the 5th, 6th, 7th and 8th? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not dismissive of Brisbane as a lot of people are at the moment. Okay. And the Gabba, you've always got to give them uh, an outside chance. I think Melbourne will be too strong for Sydney, but Sydney have been, uh, at their best, very, very good. Mm. And then you've got, of course, Geelong and Collingwood. I think Geelong will start favourites, but who can, of course... Uh, say that Collingwood haven't got an opportunity to win that. And, of course, free on the Western Bulldogs. And the Bulldogs will come here very hungry. Yeah, I think one of the big developments uh, has today has followed. It's probably not going to overshadow the loss of Nathan Fife. I think when Fife was out yesterday, Peter, during your time, just after mm. 5 o'clock yesterday afternoon, it was established that Nathan Fife would miss. I think there's a lot of sadness about this too because the guy's been through a lot. Um, I... I I hope that Fremantle have the network around Nathan Fife. This would have to cause some mental anguish. You know, I mean, you think of put yourself in the same position, no matter what sort of level of sport you're playing, you haven't played in a big final since 2015. You've then won Brownlow medals. You've, you've carried the club. You're the senior player, one of the biggest brands in the country in sport, let alone the AFL, and you break down just four days out. And he hasn't played a final, Nathan Fife, since 2015. He's been through – he's only played the seven games this season. Mm. We've all been on his back. Is he like he was? Um, I think I, – I, I hope he's okay. Uh, and, and I hope they've got good people around him to help Nathan Fife through. This would be traumatic. You'd be shattered if you had to admit, oh, but bloody, my hammy's gone. I've done everything right. I've, I've done – I've worked on it. So I, 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 I reckon there's a lot of sadness about what happened with Nathan Fife when this was announced last night. It was really big news. It was the biggest news for the finals so far. And I still think it's a bigger story. But I think, Peter, what's more influential in terms of what can happen in this particular game, Fremantle and the Bulldogs on Saturday night, is Tom Liberatore's mm. absence now. I think – Also a hamstring. Yeah, given – what Nathan Fife is battling through, and given how we've been debating at some stages, even is he still in their best 22? He was going to play forward, probably at the expense of Matt Taberner, even though Matt Taberner's now close to playing. You can't fit Taberner, Fife, Lobb coming back, and Logal into the same forward mix. We, we, I think we agreed on that mm. now. Uh, but the loss of Tom Liberatore, I think, is too found and too pronged. Because clearly, he's one of their best clearances players, one of their best possession-winning players. I think he's uh, averaging something like 25 possessions a game, 13 contested balls, and seven clearances a game. I mean, that's that's competition highest sort of uh, level. So he's a big loss because also he'd be a tagger 
for Sarong or Brayshaw. Now, they mm. haven't got that. And I don't know where the Bulldogs can turn now in terms of that type of player who can be around the congestion, win enough of his own ball, and yet, oh, by the way, same same token, I'm, that player's limiting a playmaker like a Brayshaw or a Sarong. So I, I, I think he's a far more impacting loss to the Bulldogs than even Nathan Fife to Fremantle. And this is what Luke Beveridge said on Liver today. Luke, I know you've got yeah, no doubt on one <laughs> of those Zoom meetings. Who was recording that? It sounded yeah. as though they were out in the corridor. Yeah, so he was well, with on... their phone on it. It wasn't getting a good reception. Yeah, but he's saying he certainly <laughs> won't play this week, no. and he's even doubtful uh, the following week well, if they get through. Let's develop the Nathan Fife one as well. Um, Fremantle didn't seem to put a timeline on it. I think now that th- there's a bit of anticipation that it might not be more than a week or two on the back of what Justin Longmuir has said, where it's a low-end hamstring mm. and it rules him out for this week. I don't get the impression Fremantle have actually put a timeline on it. They're not sort of saying, oh, it's only a one-week. It can't be a one-week injury with no. Nathan Fife. With a lot of other players, you know, maybe two, but Fife's history now, and he has to be guarded, has to be uh, looked after, I think, emotionally and certainly professionally and physically uh, through, through, through the medication and treatment he'll get in the next couple of weeks. But even he has to be really doubtful for the following week for, for assuming Fremantle will get through, which means then he's got to be in somewhat of a doubt for the entire series because he becomes a massive story. Let's say they win this week. Yeah. The biggest interest out of this town and probably the whole competition next week, day after day, minute after minute, every public presence of Fremantle personnel, whether it be the coach, chief executive, or a borderline player. You know, a Bailey Banfield is their regular uh, sub. It's going to be, oh, how's Fifey tracking? Yeah, but aren't we kidding ourselves? Don't we put a line through him for the finals, Hags, with his hamstring? I don't think they can because of who he is. Yeah, but because, and realistically, gonna... there should be a line through his his name. He won't get up or he will be nowhere near 100% fit to play in a week, as pointed out by Luke Beveridge. There's a slight hamstring to Libba. He struggles with this week. He reckons he'll be doubtful the following week. There's there's a bit of similarities there, oh, wouldn't you? In fact, there's more than similarities. I mean, Liberatore's played 22 games this season. Liberatore's a, a shorter man. Liberatore hasn't been through what Nathan Fife's been through over the last, what, say 15 months, mm. for instance, to get back in to be available to play. Fife's played just seven games this season, as we know. So this is probably supporting your argument, Peter, or your, your beliefs. He's played just one game since round 19. Now, and round 19 is when he did his hamstring against Richmond. Round 18, he had that poor game against Sydney. He got through the game, though, 15 yeah. possessions, just the one kick. So by the finals week two, Fife will have played just one poor game, one poor game against GWS in nearly eight weeks. So it's a massive risk with anyone. But it's your captain. He's got a proven ability to recover. He's so disciplined that he will do all the re- medical requirements and then he'll train and he'll appear as though he's ready. His training performance on Saturday morning, in my opinion, training and then match simulation, yeah. was grossly exaggerated. It wasn't that impressive. It's interesting uh, also when you look at his stats, Hags, uh, and I believe he in the seven games that he played, mm-hmm. he massed about 37 kicks and doubled yeah, that yeah. in handball. So he was conscious 
He was conscious of his legs, wasn't he? Absolutely. The fact that he was handballing all the time. And that's why I'm thinking, regardless of when Justin Longmuir speaks again, I'm not sure if he's due for another press conference before Saturday, but I reckon the question will be asked, when, if they win on Saturday, will Nathan be available next week? They need to jump on it early and not let it fester during next week if they're victorious. Well, my reaction to that is, because it's Nathan Fife, because of what he's been through, because there'll also be some duty of care now. There should be well-being in this. They won't rule him out. They have to. No, they should, I think, is more what you know, what I'd like to respond to you with, Peter. Yeah. I think they should, but they won't because it's Nathan Fife. He will think he can get up. Okay. Well, give us your thoughts. And given that last night, as, as recent as just, you know, 25 or six hours ago, Justin Longmuir has said, oh, it's, our information is it's low-level hamstring. That's the first step. In, in, in defending and assisting Nathan Fife to make an attempt to be fit for week two of the final. One of the legends of AFL footy is Luke Hodge. This is what he said in Melbourne on Nathan Fife missing. But, yeah, he's just got to do. He's got to put his own disappointment beside him and behind him and just go and help what he can with this younger team because you look at their team, they've still got the Brayshaw, Sharong, Brody, uh, Schultz. Like they've got these good young players who... Two years ago, we're probably sitting back going, oh, they've got a long time to develop. But he's got to try and teach these guys or help these guys as much as he possibly can because without him early in the year, they were sitting second and third. So we know that they can play quality football. Um, They've just got to look past it. The skipper won't be there. And the other guys just have to stand up. Luke Hodge on SEN in Melbourne uh, this morning. He's incredibly astute, uh, Luke Hodge. I look with no disrespect to many of the other experts and particularly the the, the crew that SEN have have put together, they've got some of the absolute doyens. But uh, whenever Luke Hodge speaks, you, you just think, gee, there's some sense there, you know, yeah. and he puts it so articulately. But what I would like to suggest, <laughs> he's going to sound as I'm challenging the great Luke Hodge now. I mean, he, he touched it on himself. When they won, when, 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 when Fremantle won, what, nine out of their first ten, mm-hmm. and it was against some of our expectation, I've got to confess, I didn't think they'd win that many. thought they'd be there and thereabouts with the draw that they had. It was without Nathan Fife. And in the last few weeks, Nathan Fife extremely doubtful about getting up. Was he playing? He wasn't playing well. I reckon Fremantle are just brazen, brazen with a newfound confidence that's coming from Caleb Sarong. He's 21 years of age. He's played 56 games. Andrew Brayshaw, he's not as brazen, I don't think, as Sarong is, but he's 22. He's played 98 games. Sean Darcy, very confident that, oh, no, that now's the time. We're, we're not going to be worrying about not talking about finals, not talking about premierships. We're embracing the time. He's 24 and, and a premier ruckman, premier big man in the competition. Hayden Young's 21. He's played 33 games, and yet he's been talked about as just a potential gun from down the back line. Heath Chapman is 20. Mm. He's 21. Jordan Clark, I mean, I'm surprised he's only 21. He plays with such maturity and he's so important. I could keep naming boys in this group. Griffin Logue, 24. Schultz, 24. Uh, Brandon Walker's 19. And he's played 29 games. There's a brazen confidence with these boys that I think will clearly overcome the loss of Nathan Fife and clearly could have carried, like it or not, 
could have carried Nathan Fife through Saturday night. Okay, and before we take a break and come back with it and kick it off with Brisbane and Richmond tomorrow night and go through all the finals, and uh, come and join us on the Tempera Bedsheet text line. Mike has already. We'll get to you in a moment, Mike. Zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. I've opened uh, the Tempera Bedsheet text line and also the Scarborough Toyota open line thirteen twelve fifty five. So Fife is out. Was going to play predominantly forward if he was available. Matt Tabernard, there is still speculation he could play for Peel on Sunday against Swan mm, Districts. Mm. So Rory Lobb comes in. But then if he played for Peel on Sunday, mm. it's only a six-day break if he's required to play the following Saturday. Saturday. I'd be surprised at that. But he needs some work. He's, okay. He hasn't played any. So I'm saying when you look at the conditions, and I said to you before he came in, checking mm. the forecast when it's issued by the Bureau at 20 past four every day, there's not going to be as much rain as was forecast early in the week when we're looking up to 15 mils. Now it's somewhere between four and six. So, and predominantly will be in the in the morning. So the night when it gets underway at 10 past six, mm. it'll be a fast track. Mm. And I think looking at Freo and the way they are likely to line up Hags, they've got to run. They've got to oh. run at the Western Bulldogs defence. They've got to use speed rather than what they've done at times when they've been caught out bombing the ball long, hoping for the big contested mark. However, let's harp back again. We've done this a little bit. Um, there, there's lots of those. I totally agree, absolutely totally agree, that they've got to play their faster, their best game. And I think also that that's what I've got here. I'm looking at preparing for this mm. this type of discussion. And I think we've even got a couple of texts already that are looking at this particular game. And this is where it becomes good fun, I reckon. I'm glad there's no teams out yet because I'm still speculating yeah. on what I think will be matchups. But Bulldogs must look to curb the two-way running of Brayshaw and Sarong. Now, Liberatore gone. I'm not so sure they're going to do that so easily. So who do they turn to to be able to do that? Does Josh Dunkley have to be more attentive to the likes of a Brayshaw or a, a Sarong, for instance? The other one is limit the run from defence. So if the Bulldogs are going to be in this game, then they've got to curb. So I'm looking at it from a Bulldogs point of view and conversely what Fremantle can do to win this game and win it the way they win it at their best. It's Jordan Clark and Hayden Young. Jordan Clark particularly from running the ball out of defence. And also, they, they have to, the Bulldogs have to tighten up on the likes of Lobb and Logan Walters and, not, and Schultz and not give them too much free space because you look back to the round 21 game, that wasn't as quick a game as what Fremantle ha- have, have sort of set their tone at for this year, Peter. That, that was the game when they just, they just set them up with uh, the, 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 the possession game. I mean, at, 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 at half time, Fremantle had 73 uncontested marks because they slowed the game down and they, they frustrated the Bulldogs because the Bulldogs are such a high-possession game. They love to handle high-possession game. Fremantle, number one in the competition, and the Bulldogs, number four in the competition, but uh, and handballs, Bulldogs, number two, at 159 uh, handballs a game. Fremantle, number one, with 165. But Fremantle slowed that game down by maintaining possession. And then they finished up with over the 14 goals, I think, from memory, just quickly, the 14 goals they kicked that that particular afternoon evening under the roof in, in Melbourne were from set shots mm. because they'd retained the ball and cleverly got it into good position. And Rory Lobb had the big game. Remember the 4-2 right. from seven kicks? Yeah. That's the blueprint for Fremantle is retain possession and starve the Bulldogs of their running game. And they, they, they love it. But with, with Liberatore out, I, I just think that they might not – they will struggle to actually get that game going. Okay. And also I'd love you to get on the text line, who are the two most – important players, the key players for Fremantle on Saturday night. Give us your thoughts. We'll come to the texts and we'll also uh, look at the other games as well. Don't go away. We've got some news also in Junior Rioli to discuss 
and the latest on Luke Jackson, which is a, an evolving situation, let me tell you. That's Every coming time up. we come to air, this something yeah. new, isn't it? So we'll discuss uh, the latest uh, story, the latest chapter on Luke Jackson and uh, where Junior Rioli is at as well for Eagles fans. 15 past five, uh, this is Drive with Peter Vlaus and Kim Hagnon on a Wednesday. All thanks to Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre.